I'm actually going to speak to us today on the topic of joy. Uh, and the message actually is called With Joy, because I think it's these things that we can often overlook. And so before I dive into this, I just want to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to do his thing as we dive in to what I think is probably one of the most um, important uh, and most, probably most, one of the most overlooked kind of expressions, I think, of who God is. And so let's just bow our heads for a moment and pray. So Father God, we, we thank you for who you are, God. I thank you that you are here and in this place, Father God. I thank you for, God, this church. Father, I thank you for the ground that it has um, um, sown into, Father God. I thank you that because of the work of reality, it's made the work of, of liberty softer, Father God, that this church has done so much uh, for the city of, of San Francisco, and there's much to be done through this church for the city of San Francisco. And so, Lord, I just pray as we, as we talk about joy, Father God, as we talk about uh, just, I think, the very heart of who you are, God, I pray that for the first time today, I'm believing that there will be some people that can lift their heads, Father God, that could look you in the eye and breathe in deeply and be filled with the joy of God, Father. And so that is my heart, and I ask that, Holy Spirit, you will lead this conversation, Father God. I ask that you will do exactly what you need to do, Father, and I thank you that you just use people like me, Father, to convey your heart. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. So, like I said, it was in the middle of the, me kind of flipping through that, um, God said, may there be joy and peace in believing. And so, you know, I want to just kind of reiterate that. So, I want you to turn to the person to your right or to your left and say, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you do that. Um, <laughs> I just like watch, I do that. I like to do that every now and then because you see like some people like, it's kind of like freeze up, like, oh, no, he's one of those. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, um, and, and so, but he, he, he said that really clearly. I was like, okay, God, like, please help me out now because I know that that's a scripture. I know that it is, you know, let's have some great recall, please. And so I started flipping through and, you know, playing kind of, uh, you know, the, the guessing game. I'm like, where, where, where? And I'm like, that feels like a... That feels like a Paul thing. Paul would say something like that, like, you know, and um, sure enough, it was. And this is the kind of the main uh, verse that I want to share with you guys today. It's actually in Romans 15, verse 13. Um, and to kind of set that up, like he's talking about the example of Christ in, in, in 15 and, and talking about like what Christ has done. And he's saying that kind of in the kind of the chapters beforehand. And, and he kind of closes out this little section of 15 by saying, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I was like, yes, Yahtzee. Uh, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Um, and so, and I think it's so important that he, he, he makes it really clear. He goes, may the, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And I like that it's tied together, that like in our believing, it has to be done like with joy. In our believing, it, it should bring us to this place of, 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 of peace as we believe so that with the Holy Spirit, we can do these things, that we can abound in hope. And so really, I, 
again, felt just to encourage you guys today um, around this idea of joy. And I think really it is for some people today that I think you may have been doing the things, right? You might be ticking the boxes and, you know, and I, and I think of the rich young ruler and, and, you know, doing all the things, but this idea of doing things with joy makes a big difference. It makes a, a monumental difference to how God moves in and through us. And so, you know, I, I want to, there's going to be a, another scripture here, but I think it's, you know, I want to share this quote from uh, St. Thomas um, around this idea of joy to, to establish something pretty clearly. One, he's smarter than me. And, uh, and two, I think it, it sums it up nicely is that it's important to establish that right away that God in his fullness is happy with himself. And that's, it's just a, it's, a, it's a, often a weird thought. Like he's just really, he's really happy with himself. He's like, fine, you know? Um, I think that's really hard for us to understand, you know, because it, 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 it is, you know, because I think we think about ourselves and we don't necessarily feel happy with just our very essence. Like he is just, he is just happy. He is just joyful with his, his own self. And, and St. Thomas says, God is, God is happiness by his essence. For he is happy not by acquisition or participation of something else, but by his very essence. On the other hand, men are happy by and through participation. And so where does this concept of God being essentially full of himself, this is like a weird thing to say to you, right? Like he's, God's so full of himself. He is. Um, uh, but where does that come from? You know, and it one of the first instances we see of this is actually in Nehemiah chapter 8. Um, and for those that don't know the story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah felt called to rebuild the wall. Um, and long story short, he was able to do that. There's a Cliff Notes version of it. Um, <laughs> he uh, nailed it, had a bunch of friends get together, pulled it all off, and it has now happened. But they, they went through some things in that process, right? It wasn't without a bit of war, a bit of, a bit of weariness, a bit of fighting, um, both internally and externally. Um, and it gets to this point in, in chapter 8 where uh, he says something and, and just basically goes, the joy of the Lord, God's joy in himself, is your strength. The very fact that God is full of, his, of joy for himself is the very reason why that you are able to have strength. And... Um, that's just, a, it's, it's a weird thought, you know, because I don't think at times I know I wrestle with how to, how to really unpack that for myself. And the only reason that we're able to be lifted up is because of the fact that he is so okay and at peace and full of joy in himself. Like he's happy. God is, is happy with his, his self, his nature. And, um, and I love it because I was uh, like anyone, one of the first things I was doing was I was creeping on your guys' website when Dave, and I was like, hey, what have they been talking about in the last couple weeks? And, you know, and I saw that Ruthie uh, had given this really awesome message on fear and Matt Hasley given this great message on just being ourselves and what that looks like because of what a Christ has done. And I love both these ideas because at the center of them, either in being more fully yourself or the overcoming of fear is this anchor of of joy. And, you know, it's, it's, 
it tends to get washed away as a, as a happiness conversation. It tends to get washed away as a circumstantial conversation, but it's actually a, a spirit of joy, the same way that fear is not just a feeling sometimes. It is actually a, f- a spirit, right, that I think that we don't give enough um, utterance to. We just sense it and go, okay, I'm really fearful right now, but actually God makes it really clear in the scripture that it's a spirit of fear. And so spirits need to be dealt with differently than just feelings. And so this spirit of joy is something that needs to be looked at differently. And so joy is powerful in that sense because I think the last thing I think we need any more of, and, I, and this is coming from a, 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 a type A kind of introvert and, um, you know, but the last thing I think we need is better strategies. You know, I think most of us here today are, are, are believing for some things to, to look differently or to change or to whatever. And, and you are sitting there strategizing on how to improve that, how to optimize that, how to, you know, increase it. And I love that. It's the world I come from. So, you know, before we left to uh, come plant a church here, and we'd been a part of, obviously, Liberty from the beginning in New York and helping build and launch locations there. And because that was always our heart was to build God's house no matter what. But most of my career has been in corporate strategy. So I've spent 15 some odd years in kind of the strategy design product space with startups to, you know, a large, you know, where I was at just recently, a large agency, you know, building out their um, kind of capabilities in that way. And, and so I, um, I'm all for a good strategy, but the thing that's going to sustain us is joy. I promise you in, in, in the 20 years that I've been doing life with Jesus, whether, and that's, whether it's now raising our three kids or the workload of you know, doing 70 hours and trying to build a team of 30 and managing this money or planning a church now in, in San Francisco, joy has been the thing that has sustained my life. It is a thing that will sustain your life. And I think God is trying to speak to you today that like you have tried a lot of other things, but choose joy is what I think God is wanting to encourage you in today. And there's no other way to say that other than to begin to practice it. And so I want to, and we'll break some of that down here in a minute. But um, again, it, it, it's, it's the very nature. And why does joy matter? And I hinted at it at a, before then, but it sustains everything. It sustains everything. Psalm 51, 10 through 12 says this. It says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And I love that song. We know that psalm. We also, I also love that song. Um, and I don't see it as any coincidence that God makes it very clear to the psalmist that the joy of my salvation is tied to the right spirit that I have. And the moment we forget the joy of our salvation, of what God has done, of who he is, and these things, our spirit is not, it gets muddy, it gets unright. And David, the psalmist, understood this and was to be able to say, like, restore that joy to me, God, so that I may have a right spirit so that the things that I know that I'm meant to do, I can do them rightly because joy is at the center of what I am doing for you, God. And 
I love that. And I love that from the song standpoint as, as somebody who spent time songwriting in, in my life as well and these things and the intent and the clarity around just putting that word first, restoring my joy so that my spirit can be right, so that our souls can be refreshed, um, means everything to God. And that for all the things that we can learn to have joy will constantly allow us to be renewed. And that's, that's basically my measuring stick. You know, I really wanted, again, to come and encourage you today around this, that um, that's my barometer. And a lot of ways that I do life is, is, is joy at the center of that. If it's not, if I'm slipping in joy, God, restore it. Restore that joy again, God. And I think there's areas where we all could ask for that. And I love that it's, he makes it simple by saying it is actually in our salvation that it should be restored so that our right spirit can be done. First Colossians 1, 9 through 12. It says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And I think it just presents a really awesome opportunity. Are we doing what we're doing with joy? You know, is the, the anxiousness, is the anxiety that we feel is because we're trying to Please, God, but we've forgotten the very simple truth that he rejoices over us and we too should just rejoice and be full of joy. And I love that Paul is so clear about it. In the, in the, you know, because Paul's the best because he's just, he always lays it out there of, of everything that's going right, of everything that's going wrong, of, of how he admonishes people, of how he shares his own ups and downs, his wins, his losses, it's such a great picture of how we should live our lives because he's constantly talking through these things and every time we see him speak, it's I do this and I struggle with this and I'm persecuted here or I overcome here and everything is always anchored in this phrase of with joy. I accept all these things, I do all these things, I move, I find my being, I'm able to, to overcome, I'm able to live, I'm able to encourage, I'm able to exist in jail, I'm able to share the gospel because all of it is anchored in this idea that with joy, God, I can do all these things and not just be the smartest person in the room, but to be the most joyful person in the room. I love that about Paul um, and that it, it allows us to feel free from weight that allows us to take a breath. You know, I, I often when we pray, or it's all these things that we're bringing and, and my sincere prayer, you know, coming here this morning was that like, God, please, just, I pray today just feels like a, for some people in the room, just a, 
that there'll just be this smile that comes across your face. That your joy would be renewed. Because it's an anchor. And you could tell the difference. It is so clear when you could tell when we're not doing something with joy. We are doing good. And I, I love that God is, is, is for us and everything and there's grace for us in those things. But it's so obvious and you could probably point to yourself or, you know, like point to your spouse and say, I know what it's like when you're not doing this with joy. It looks different. <laughs> like, you should be so, you should do this, you know. And, you know, my wife and I play that game all the time. Um, but you could tell the difference. And I think in our walk with God as we try to do the things that God has asked us to do, as we've tried to honor our work colleagues, as we've tried to honor our boss, as we try to build a church that is long-lasting, as we serve, we could do all those things and do them without joy. And I'm thankful for the grace of God that allows us to do those things but there's something so much more kingdom come when it's done with joy. And my hope is that we can struggle with joy. It doesn't remove the fact that we can mourn with joy, that we can love, give, hope, serve. All these things can be done with joy or they can be done with something else and fill in the blank. They can be done with whatever you expect God to do because you're doing something for him. They could be done with whatever the expectation might be. But with joy, God will do this. And the verse in Romans makes it clear, our joy and peace in believing. And that in that, he's making it clear that we're only able to have all these giftings. And even when he talks about the fruits of the spirit, like he even leads with, with joy. That you'd be able to do all these other things. But I get the wrestle of that because as an, as an introvert, as, a, as somebody who, you know, you could find sitting in the corner at most uh, large gatherings of people, um, the idea of joy feels like it's tied to my personality, Ben, right? Like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not very expressive and or I'm not very extroverted or I'm not a whatever it is, if, you know, if you're talking Enneagram stuff or whatever it is, I'm not that. So joy feels a little just wishy-washy, you know? And, and I think it bothers us, and I think the reason why we struggle with it is because when we see joy in the Bible, it's always tied to being very vocal. Whether in how we live our lives, how we praise God. When we see joy in whether it's Paul or a disciple or David or someone that we admire in the Bible. These people all had very different personalities, but for some reason the joy forced them out of who they were. And that, that, that's hard for me because again, I don't, I don't, it's not my bend if I'm being honest. But realizing that God, at the end of the day, as much as he's fashioned us and formed us, He's also no deep respecter of our personalities. At the end of the day, it's his, 
we are created for his pleasure. And as much as we're bent in a certain way, as much as we have preferences about certain things that God is content with, we are instruments of his joy. And he is allowed to use me as he sees fit. But that bothers me. And so I think often we'd rather have our, it's just true, it does, it bothers me. I wrestle with it, I'm like, ugh, like it's not, it's not how I think, God, it's not how I feel. Um, and what that leads to is I think we'd rather have our personality dictate our expression versus what God says our expression should be. And that is a hard thing that I wrestle with all the time. Like, God, well, I'm, I'm this way, so, you know, this is how I worship. <laughs> and it's true. Like, you'll see me. If someone over there, I'd be I'm mostly like this. And I rock because I have, I have children, and you're used to rocking children. And so now I have, like, a permanent, like, everybody's like, why are you always rocking? I was like, I have three kids. They're all under five. I've been rocking babies for, like, a long time. <laughs> yes, I'll say it. I have three kids under five. And we live in San Francisco. It's all good. If you're think, side note, if you're thinking of having kids in San Francisco, do it. It's possible. I love cities. This is a side note. We, my wife and I love cities, and people always looked at us, especially in New York. I mean, we used to get like, you have how many kids in New York? Like, why aren't you in Connecticut? I was like, I don't want to be in Connecticut. I don't want to be in Connecticut. Like, I don't want to train for two hours with someone who's clipping their toenails on like the train. Like, I don't. I don't want to do that. Like, I want to be in the city. I want my kids to be in the city. And, and trust me, I think with joy, we've been able to raise a great family in the city. You know, and I think God has a heart for cities like this. And, you know, I would encourage you in that too. If, you know, if, if you see this as just a, a go-between, I don't know, maybe think about it differently. Um, but again, we'd rather have our personality dictate our expression versus what God says our expression should be. And joy isn't just a charismatic thing. It's not. It's a maturity thing. Joy is a sign of maturity. It is not a sign of, you know, another church where everybody dances and flails and jumps around. And so we're the church that kind of sits and hangs out. And, you know, like, because we need balance in the body of Christ. So, like, you guys go for it over there. We're, we'll be over here on the other side. Um, he's both of those things. And I think the beauty of, of the body of Christ and especially a church is that all that should be able to exist together. That sure, there might be those seasons of quiet reflection, but there might be those seasons of abounding and abundant praise that pushes past how we feel, our personality types. The psalmist is, sums this up better than me. In Psalm 126, 6, he goes, Who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalm 51, 8 says, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have broken rejoice. The bones you have broken rejoice. I mean, Dave's, David's the best. Uh, Psalm 132, 16, her priests I will clothe in salvation. Her saints will shout for joy. Saints, you are saints. The scripture is clear. And I think what we just need every now and then is a good shout. I'm not saying it has to happen here. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. If you want to shout. There you go. Whoa. But I think it's important. Because it's too big. The love of God, the joy of God is too, too much for us. And it should, it should do something with us. 
And this isn't about being a weirdo, okay? <laughs> it's not about being a weirdo, okay? We've all met weirdos. I love weirdos. Especially conference weirdos, they're my favorite. I love finding all the, conf whenever I go to like a church conference thing and I, find, I always try to find like the weirdest person that's like, I need to find the pastor. I have a message. And you're like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, tell me. I will make sure they get that letter. Um, um, but I think it allows us to, to see things the way God sees things. You know, that, that position of joy allows us to see things the way God sees things. We all weep, we all mourn, and so we should all bring shouts of joy. And I think we like the lament side of often Jesus and the lament side of scripture where it's like, you know, like, oh, you know, I like it. I'm like, oh, what's, like, I just, I like the wrestle, you know? But he's like, cool, now be joyful. Be, be, be joyful, be exuberant, shout, bring me praise, bring me adoration. Watch what I can do with that positioning of your heart. Watch how your work and your marriage or your kids, all those things are done out of joy. Watch them transform. And so I think for me, ultimately, how do we get our joy back is if it's missing, right? If the psalmist is clear, like, restore the joy of your salvation. Renew a right spirit within me. You know, if, if in Romans we have Paul saying, look, may the God of hope fill you again with all joy and peace in your believing, not all sorrow in your believing, not all whipping yourself in your believing, not all optimizing yourself in your believing, but all joy in your believing, God, what, what's your mechanism for revealing joy to me? How do you do that? And I think it's summed up in the most simple of, of things where God says to us, love me and love people. Not love me and love yourself. Because I think as we love God, as we love our neighbor, we are the recipients because of God's good economy of the joy. We naturally benefit without having to focus on ourselves too much. And so I think others is a big part of this. The person to your right, to your left. I love David because David was made king, not for his sake, but for the sake of his people. And when he lost sight of this, as we read the story of David, as we lost sight of that, we saw where things went crazy, right? Like don't, you shouldn't do a census. I'm going to do a census. You know, like, and then he's like, well, <laughs> how would you choose your repentance? It's like, oh, well. Um, and, but it's clear, 2 Samuel 5, 12. I love that David understood his inherent, and not in a bad way, his lack of specialness. That he knew that he was just an instrument to be used by God to bring joy and peace to a nation. Because in 2 Samuel 5, 12, and David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he alone had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. God wants you to be full of joy because yes, it's, it helps us. It makes us 
more attractive people. You know, nobody likes the Debbie Downer. I still love that SNL. I watch it probably like once every couple weeks just to laugh. Like I can watch that Debbie Downer, Mickey Mouse clip so many times. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Um, but because of our heart, if it's geared towards others the way God's heart is geared towards others, it restores the joy of our salvation. And when David forgot what his purpose was, and when he talks about that in the Psalms, like restore the joy, it's, you could tie these back in scripture to where he was off balance, where he had forgotten why God had spoken to him, why God had actually brought him out of just being the shepherd boy. And even Jesus' own words, he makes it very clear. He's like, look, I came to serve. I came to serve, not to be served. And that heart, our, our Father's heart, Jesus' heart for us, this notion that we can put the things of God first, the people of God first, is huge. You know, and can we say the same? Can we say that we are hoping that God serves us by giving us what we want? Are we okay just laying down what we want like Jesus did? There's such joy in being able to lay things down, even if you have a right to them. Because Jesus had a right to, and he laid his down. And I think being able to do that brought such joy. And I think in the culture even that we live in today, I watch people every day yell and scream and open Twitter and my eyes just melt. And, you know, but I watch people just clinging to like what's right and what's mine and what's this. And, you know, and we're just as guilty of it in the church. And, but then I read this and I see Jesus just being so full of joy because he laid down his rights for us. That even though he is the son of God, exists in his fullness on his own, he would come in this Christmas story that we're, as we're approaching Christmas, would humble himself, take the form of a man, come down to show us that it's not about what is right for ours, but is for, for others. And the joy that it brings when our heart is, is turned towards that in a healthy way. Um, Philemon has a great passage where he's in 170. He goes, look, for I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the heart of the saints have been refreshed through you. People should be refreshed by you. And I think it's a great litmus test to ask ourselves, are people being refreshed by us when we come into a space, when we are in our community group, if we're in our job place, are we, are we people that refresh like they were by Jesus, like they were by Paul and the apostles? They were, Paul was so keen on just refreshing, whether it was Timothy. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25, it says, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. Another translation says, the one who refreshes will he himself be refreshed. And I think that happens when we're full of joy, that we become refreshing to other people. It doesn't mean things are fine. You know, it doesn't mean things are perfect. Again, 
Scripture is clear that we can weep, mourn, you know, our bones can break, but we can still have joy with going through all those things. It's hard, but it's the kingdom. And it's a simple statement that I've, it's, it's, it's a little thing that I say to myself a lot that I try to use again as like a, a barometer for how, you know, when I'm, God wins my promotion coming, you know, my boss promised me a bonus, it has yet to come. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, those things and, and, and I always ask myself, I go, have I laid down my desire for the well-being of another? And can I do that trusting God is looking after my well-being? And I think that's a good test to see if we are doing things from a place of joy. Can I lay, can I lay something down, even if I have a right to it, for the sake of someone else? Because I trust fully that God is for me. And because he is for me, I am full of joy. So this giving, this serving, this whatever comes from a place that I'm doing it with joy and therefore I can lay my head down at night. You know, that's the biggest thing I, I ask people are like, what, you know, that's the one thing I'll never sacrifice. The fact that, you know, apart from when our kids wake us up, because that is all the time. Uh, and they terrify you because they come at you in the middle of the night and you're like laying there and it wakes up and they look like a ghost. And you're like, oh my God. And, <laughs> and but the one thing that I, I vow never to, to give up is like, I want to be able to lay my head down at night and just sleep. Just the peace, you know, to be able to, like the peace of God, to be able to have joy in God. I'll never, I don't ever want anything to sacrifice or come against that. And I'll fight to defend my joy. Because it allows me to lay down and close my eyes, knowing that God is fully for me, fully for you. And it's obvious, because I think we could all look inside a little bit and reflect and go, I know, you know what it looks like when you're doing something with and without joy. And the beautiful part is, we can come to God and just say, God, restore the joy of my salvation. God, renew a right spirit within me. And I think as we say that simple prayer, we could just breathe in. And the Holy Spirit will be present, our comforter. And so, you know, I think it's great that you guys spend time. My favorite thing, we've been, we've been coming to the, you know, before we started gathering as a team and stuff, uh, when it was just Em and I first here, we would kind of sneak in and out of services. And I loved how you guys did, always did worship at the end of service in a time of reflection and um, um, and I think that's just uh, a great moment because I think God can do things in an instant. He can restore a right spirit in a moment. And, you know, I think as we will spend time today reflecting and doing communion, I think we could be honest and say, hey, do I have, is the joy there? If I've been trying to do these things without it, Okay, if I have, God, please, like your psalmist says, restore it. So that Paul also says that we can have 
the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your believing. Like your walk with Christ, joy and peace in your believing in Christ. So that you can abound in hope. And so I just wanted to close out in prayer real quick. I know that the guys will probably come back out and the band will come back out and stuff. But I just wanted to close in a prayer uh, before we go into the next part. Just to prepare our hearts. I think it's worth reflecting on what Jesus is speaking to us on. And I wanted to encourage you today that joy is so easy to be obtained by just coming And I would encourage you to push past a little bit of what is normal for you to seek joy. Because things will come and they will be hard. Life will be hard. Relationships will be hard. Work will be hard. Church life will be hard. Things will be difficult. But if we could do all those difficulties with joy, I think what it boils down to is that's how we get to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Because being obedient without joy is only half truth. And so let's just close our eyes. And so Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for your church, God. I thank you for this body, Father. I thank you for joy, God, that we can just breathe in, Father God, that we can Lift our heads, Father God. I just believe that there's some people that today need to just lift their heads and look you in the face, God, because we've, think, we've thought of our approach to be only looking down. But God, you've asked us and you've instructed us to approach you with boldness, Father God. You've instructed us to come to you with our heads raised, even though our burdens may be heavy, God. And so I pray, God, as we just reflect as we look inside, Father God, that we, that we understand that you, your portion for us is joy, God. Joy in everything that we face, God. Joy in this spirit of Christmas, God. It's, it's joy to the world, Father God, that you have come, Father God. And so may we just be carriers, harbingers of that joy, Father, more than anything else, Father. And so, God, I just thank you. I thank you for this community, God. I pray that their portion will be joy. I pray that they will be known by their joy, Father God. And that as we do that, God, it's like the old song says, God, I'm I'm thankful that the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of your glory, in the light of your grace. And so today, God, we pray, restore the joy of our salvation. Renew a right spirit within us. In Jesus' name.